Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well, at Lockdown Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating and review as well. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, we got a few things that we got to get to today. Uh, First and foremost, I've got Brandon Cameron, who's going to go through Saturday's loss to the Edmonton Oilers with me, kind of recap that game. And then we're going to do a quick little, you know, how are we feeling about the team through 10 games, right? We're going to kind of do a little bit of of an overview of of how the team has looked so far. Let's get get to Brandon. Uh, Brandon, how you doing? Not too bad, buddy. How are you? How are you? It's been uh, a good start, eh? Yeah, it's been a pretty good start for Toronto. You know, they're starting the season off pretty well. 7-2-1, um, you know, atop of the division. We've seen them win by a few different ways. Uh, but Saturday's was not one where they won. There were some encouraging things that we saw out of that game, I would say. Uh, sure. But overall, uh, only able to, to come away with one point, uh, falling to the Oilers 4-3 in overtime. But really, I think all you can say about that game is it, it was the McJesus show. And it's going oh, to be—it's yeah. just tough to win. <laughs> like when that guy, when that guy is on, right? When he is on, and I think he really does, you know, come alive on a Saturday night hockey. Oilers, Leafs on prime time, uh, streaming <laughs> all across the country. He just flips the switch and hits another mode, and we saw that the other night. I love that it's uh, Eastern prime time. Very, yes. uh, very Oilers. Uh... That makes them barely happy out well, west, his, I believe. His prime, <laughs> right? Well, well, he's from he's from the GTA, right? So I mean, it's his prime time, yeah. his his prime time with his family, his friends all watching, and a majority of the country lives in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. So, eh, you know, it makes sense. No, it's awesome. Honestly, Saturday night was basically the game everybody's been like wanted yeah. Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid to have in the first what two meetings they played three times no they played four times now right yeah so the, first, the first four th- meetings Saturday yeah. night was basically what everyone wanted all four of those games to be it was Mc- Matthews versus McDavid that's what that game was yeah and, and, and you know we could talk about you know how good Austin Matthews was and and you know the, the fact that he was playing the way he was but let's break down that goal <laughs> and I <sighs> I think we all know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Jake Muzzin had a few. Uh, I think sorry, I think Morgan Riley had a few words with uh, Jake Muzzin's in solidarity there. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have to go to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous just to sit there and talk about talk about the lashings that they're taking at the hands of Connor McDavid's stick and just the way that he's dancing all around them and making them look silly. Um, but you know what? I, I, I This is what makes Connor McDavid the most special player on the planet. Like, he hits the Jets and just goes, right? And, and Jake Muzzin's no schlep. Like, this wasn't against Cody oh, no, Ceci. This is against Jake Muzzin, arguably, you know, the best defenseman that the Leafs have, best defensive defenseman at the very least that, that, that the Leafs certainly have. And he made him look silly, danced around like three or four different players, got tripped on the play, was on one one foot, and was still able to flip the puck up over Freddie Anderson to uh, to make it 3-1 there. 
it was just, just disgusting man look listen, <laughs> it, as somebody who who clearly you know wants the Leafs to win uh, it is most beneficial when the Leafs win but I see plays like that and I'm just like oh my god McDavid is the best in the world well that's the thing too like even even with the Leafs having another loss it's only their third loss of the year but like it's not it's hard to be mad about a loss like that where you just got McDavid you know schooled you got McDavid in right <laughs> like you got McDavid in like that's what happened to the Leafs on Saturday night yeah. and that that's gonna happen when you play McDavid 10 times like the Leafs got away with it three other times when they managed to how many points did McDavid have in the first couple of games maybe three maybe yeah three, he, they were kept pretty quiet yeah, kept, yeah he, kept was, really he was quiet. quiet he wasn't McDavid no and, and I mean Matthews and and that line did a good job, and then Matthews missed the one game, uh, that second game that was here yeah. in Toronto a couple of weeks ago or last weekend or whatever. Um, you know, missed that game, so obviously you know he didn't get to match up there. But regardless, I, you know they've done a pretty good job to this point of keeping McDavid off the score sheet and kind of keeping him silenced a little bit. But last night he said, "Enough's enough. It's time for me to go Superman mode and show the world that I am the best in the world." And uh, he did that last night uh, but some other things that maybe you took away uh you know whether negatively or positively from a least perspective in that game saturday night yeah i like their i like their battle i thought they they fought back pretty hard down 3-1 to the oilers early on that big boy stepped up matthews and marner were dancing like they've been they've been honestly on a pretty good streak like marner's second in the league or third in the league in scoring because i guess I kind of count McDavid and Dreisaitl as one person, but they're not one person. <laughs> so I want to say Marner's second in league scoring, but it's third in the league in scoring right now. 14 points already. That's that's not bad. That's what you want for Mitch Marner. That's what you need. Matthews is scoring goals every game again. He's on. He's starting a heater. He's starting his heater that he's yep. been due for, right? He's got six goals now, I think. Yeah, no, he's, he's starting to score at will again, which is nice to see. Yeah. Um, clearly I think it was just a, a little bit of a bad puck luck and wasn't shooting as much as we had seen him yeah. shoot before, right? Like there were games last year where he'd go out there and shoot the puck seven or eight times on net. We weren't quite seeing that as much this year, um, for whatever reason, but his five yeah. on five goal scoring hasn't been as lethal as it's been, I think is the biggest issue uh, for him so far this year. But once he, he gets going five on five, like he has the literally since he stepped into the league as was he the best five on five score? in the league, you know, better than Ovechkin even since he got to the NHL. So if that can get going again, I think that Toronto will be in pretty good shape. Um, we'll we'll go and have a little bit of a, an overall analysis of where the team's at through 10 games a little bit later on. So make sure you guys definitely stick around for that conversation. Um, as far as the game on Saturday goes, and, and you kind of discussed it, and you talked about how the fact that they were down 3-1 and were able to come back and will their way back to getting into it and kind of stealing a, a point, I would say, because Toronto was outplayed through the first two periods. I think Edmonton uh, kind of had a stranglehold on them, and then you know Toronto had played enough uh, to to kind of get themselves back into that game. But really, Freddie Anderson also came up pretty big, and I thought that he had a pretty strong game too, especially that save in overtime on uh, was it. Cahoon? The, the, no, there there was the save. It was like with like ten seconds left in regulation. That that, that's what, yeah, sorry. That uh, was just, it. Was an unbelievable save. Yeah, and, and I've been I've been pretty hard on head on Freddie like for a while, but I think he's actually stepped this game up the last couple of, like the last maybe week or so. Like he's actually come back. Like he's played better games. Like I haven't had any issues with the goals he's led in the last couple of games. So 
Since, Freddy, if you can keep doing that, I can I can get behind Freddy again. <laughs> I think since the Ottawa series, so like the first few games of yeah. the year, you know, didn't didn't go great. Let in a couple of softies, and he's been better ever since. And I thought, you know, get, we always talked about how Anderson hasn't been able to steal steal a game or steal points. He stole a point stole in a that point. game. He stole a point by making that save and also coming up big throughout the night. I know they were able to score three on him, but I mean. <laughs> You're going up against Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Limiting that team to three goals seems to be uh, seems to be tough to do these days. Just ask Ottawa, who got lit up for eight last night uh, with those guys when they were on Sittler watch. Um, so, I, you know, I thought Freddie was, was real good in that game. Um, but also, I think something has to be said about the way that this team is playing. More structured. Uh, they're playing with, you know... Uh, with more purpose and really more of a, a playoff style hockey, they're keeping games tight and close. And although they didn't come away with the victory in, in Saturday night's game, it's kind of uh, nice to see that they can play a different style of hockey and still end up with points. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I, I know people kind of like like to dump on the Leafs for like being oh they're not this offensive team anymore where all the goals coming from blah 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 but I've honestly liked a lot of what they've done so far this year like I, I it's a lot of what I've been calling for personally for them to change right they always give up these out of man rushes they give these breaks away they I I haven't seen that like I honestly have not seen that I've seen a few flashes of superstar players being superstar players but it's not really on the Leafs at this point I haven't seen it be on the Leafs and that's honestly progress and i think that's that's what a full training camp under sheldon keith actually can accomplish your team right yeah yeah um one last thing that i actually want to get your your thoughts on on that game uh before we move on and just because we're already kind of just talking about the Leafs as a whole (laughs) as opposed to that game um but uh, your thoughts on those jerseys because i did not like them (laughs) yeah i I don't hate them as much as people do. No, they could burn them. They could toss them in the dumpster, light a match, and toss it. In. Like, I did, would not care if they didn't wear those for the rest of the year. I don't like them one bit. I, I thought Edmonton's looked nice. Toronto's, no thanks. I'll pass. What, what I don't like is the is the blue on the, the dark blue, like, numbers on the on the, the dark blue numbers and the, the dark blue name on the back on the dark blue jersey. It looks with, stupid. With, with, it's very weird. It just, you can't even see any names, which is really strange. Like, but I don't hate it. It's not my it's not my least favorite thing, but it's not it's not particularly great. And I don't think it it just doesn't work well on ice, in my opinion. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, I, I did a rankings when they put out these retro jerseys for everybody. Bottom five for sure. <laughs> I think I had them. I'm I'm gonna have to go back and look at that podcast episode, but I think I may have had them at, at dead last, which is after watching them actually play on ice. Um, <laughs> that's where they belong. Like that's that was that was awful. Uh, just, I really don't want them to have to wear those anymore. I think they have to wear them like at least three times throughout the year, uh, which sucks. But yeah, they have two other scheduled times, I think, and then they have two St. Pat's games scheduled. To yeah, the St. Pat's jerseys. The St. Pat's ones are sick. Like I, I, yeah. I like the St. Pat's ones, but the the ones that they wore on Saturday night, chuck them in the garbage. I, after this year, legitimately, they should never ever wear them again. <laughs> they should just all burn yeah. them. Uh, all right. Let's what say- I, what I, can I can I say what I actually did like about the jersey though? I like that they swapped up the uh, the alternate captains and gave it to Muzzin and Hyman for a couple of games, and they're going to give it to Muzzin and Hyman during those other games too. And I thought that was really cool. Like those players definitely deserve an A every once in a while. Like they deserve a shout out, and I like that the Leafs gave it to them. Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, it's um, certainly I think you take a look at at 
you know, a, a dressing room and a locker room and you take a look at, you know, on the ice, who's wearing a letter. So often there's guys in the room who you know are big-time players in that room. And everyone knows that Jake Muzzin and Zach Hyman are also uh, leaders on that team. Just because they're not wearing a letter on every every night doesn't mean that they're not leaders. And the fact that they you know, we're, we're kind of gave them an opportunity to, to wear letters I think was, was really great. And it says something about how strong of a bond that that team has that, you know, Marner, Matthews, Riley are okay with stripping off the A and giving it to their teammates for a game or two. Yeah, it's the first time Riley hasn't had an A on his jersey in like six years. <laughs> yeah, wow, crazy. Uh, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, well, let's just talk about the least through 10 games this season. So before we do, let me tell you guys all about betonline.ag. And we're all hockey fans here on the Locked On Elise podcast, but are we ready for some football? We got the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks, and the number one place that has you covered and the one place we trust is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. You've got the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Bucks. You can also go ahead and bet on the NHL games. You got some prop bets and future bets and of course you got your puck line money line and all the goods don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in the action don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside me is Brandon Cameron, friend of the show. Uh, Leafs 7-2-1 through 10 games this year. And we kind of were discussing it a little bit, I guess, heading into it uh, when we were just discussing the game against Edmonton a couple of moments ago. And I think we we are liking what we're seeing out of this team this year. It's certainly different than I believe what we were expecting. It's it's a change of, of the style that we've seen over the last couple of years where it was more running gun and you know just trying to to outpace the team and or the opposition and try and score more goals uh, or as many goals as possible and trying to win games 5-4, 6-3 and that's not the case anymore. You know, this is a team who I believe um, is playing more structured. They're playing a more complete game and they're tight games and they're showing that they can win in tight games and they're showing that they can play, you know, a, a style of hockey that you need to win in the playoffs. And I believe that's what they're doing right now is showing that they can win those games and they're just kind of practicing for once the playoffs roll around mm-hmm. and it's something that they're, you know, playing, that they've been playing all season long. I like what I've seen early through the Leafs, uh, Leafs season. Yeah, me too. And uh, I want to I want to add on to that point a little bit. I just like I think that the Leafs have been a lot scrappier than we've seen them in the past. They've they've been fighting for ice a little more than you would than they than they normally would. Like they're not they haven't been a huge physical team. They've never been that. They've always been like the stick check first under Babcock kind of thing where they were kind of passive. They gave their they did some of their six. They've been fighting for pucks. They've been in puck battles a lot more than they have been in the past. And it's a much more conducive to playoff success. Like that's how you win in the playoffs. And they played like that in the throughout the first ten games. Like that's basically what they've done this entire start, right? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question then. Based off of that, do you think that is a byproduct of the fact that and you kind of alluded to it a little bit before the fact that Sheldon Keefe had a full off season to kind of implement his systems wasn't really a a traditional training camp. There was no preseason games or anything like that. So you know, it's still 
uh, was hindered a little bit. But do you think it's a product of them just buying into Keefe's system? Or do you think this is a byproduct of the fact that they brought in these veteran guys, these grittier guys like like uh, Zach Bogosian, Wayne Simmons, Jumbo Joe Thornton, and and they're just kind of feeding off of their you know, kind of their mentality and they're trying to match their physicality to these guys and it's a whole team effort that's buying in. Do you think it's just the coaches or do you think that this is more so the players that have come in and you got the the guys who have been with the organization for a little bit just trying to match the intensity level of these new guys? Yeah, I think it's more, I think it's honestly more the, the players they brought in to be around them and help build their culture a little bit that may not have been as established as maybe people have thought in the past. <laughs> Like I think maybe the the room hadn't had been hadn't been I can't say that phrase <laughs> the room hadn't been as uh, as dynamic as it is now. Like they have big they have guys that could do that stuff. They have guys that aren't afraid to say stuff or stand up for what's right for what they need to do. Right? They mm-hmm. have that now. Like Wayne's honestly Wayne Simmons has made a surprising difference in this team specifically. Wayne Simmons already got three goals. He looks like Wayne Simmons in Philly. <laughs> like he looks like Wayne Simmons in Philly again. It's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 he's he's played great. And he had what like three goals in a row, or three uh, three goals within yeah. three games, and and he's sitting there, net presence on the power play, and playing well. And I think that's a another big thing. They're spreading the wealth on the power play. They didn't just. You know, this year they're not just loading up on that number one power play, and then it's kind of feast or famine, and then that number two comes in and basically does nothing, like we saw last year. They're getting production from both, right? Like they've got Marner and Matthews uh, and Riley up on the top unit, and then they've got Wayne Simmons as that net front presence, and they've got Nylander and 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 um, you know Tavares on the second power play, along with uh, Hyman on the as the net front presence. So I think that also. The fact that the power play is clicking for both the first unit and the second unit is another big reason why we're seeing some success here. For sure. Uh, I, I think they've actually just had like greatly improved special teams like all across the board this year, honestly. Yeah, like their their penalty totally. kill has been much more effective than it has been in the past. Like to be honest, the least penalty kill the last five years has not overly impressed me. <laughs> no, it's been awful. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not impressed me. It's been bad. But they but... they've done they've done a, a much better job this year of finding ways to get big kills when you need them and they they've done it. They they've figured something out and I think that that I think that is what we can attribute Sheldon Keefe to. Yeah. And I guess Manny Mahotra as well. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you, these bars are healthy. They're delicious. They're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. 
In terms of, of defensively, and that's always been the biggest issue with this team, is, is they don't play well on their own end. The the D has been porous for the past, geez, ever since you know I've been watching and covering the well, since I've been watching the Leafs, so I've been covering for the past few years, but ever since I've been watching it, they they have not had a strong D. I think maybe dating back to the Caberlet McCabe days, and even then, you know, were they really that strong, <laughs> like in their own end? So you know, I, McCabe scores on his own net, <laughs> exactly, right? So, but you know what? I, I feel like this this defense, this new look decor that we have, uh, you know, TJ Brody has been a great addition to this team. And even Zach Bogosian, where the first couple of games it seemed like, oh, no, this isn't going to look good. Like, he, he looks old and slow. But he's he's coming around. I think this was a, he was one of those players who needed a few games to find his footing, you know, didn't have a preseason to to really get going, to find chemistry, to, to get his legs underneath him. And now that he's kind of rounding into game shape, just now around game, you know, seven, eight, nine, and now we're into game 10. I think that he's played a lot better as of late. Miko Lettinen has gotten into a couple of games. I think he's looked decent. He had his first point as well in the game the other night uh, against the Oilers. I-, I like what I'm seeing out of this defensive unit, and I think this is the first time that I've said that in years. Yeah, honestly, honestly, same. Like, the, the only way I can describe it is this this year is the first year I've seen the Leafs start a season without me wanting to rip my hair out at defenseman. <laughs> well, you know what? Who's even? You know who I think is taking the biggest leap? Who I think is surprising me the most, and it really shouldn't have, based on how he played last year. But Justin Hall, like, sure. I, he played great last year as a number four, but everyone always had their skeptics. It's like, well, yeah, he's he's playing good, but he's kind of being sheltered with Jake Muzzin and. I mean, that might still be uh, the case to an extent, but I think he's deservingly um, being given the minutes that he's being given right now. He's He's been absolutely incredible this season, and, you know, he's he's been doing a good job uh, battling for pucks and corners, clearing the front of the net. Uh, his gap control has, has really improved, and for me, it's it's what he's also been able to do on on going back on the offensive, right? Stretch passes, uh-huh. outlet passes out, making that first pass. And he's got, what, five assists so far this season, which is also yeah, something like that. extremely surprising to me that he's, I think, leading the Maple Leafs in assists this year uh, as a as a shutdown defenseman. Uh, the, the play of Justin Hall uh, in all areas of his game has has really impressed me so far this season. Yeah, I think I think that actually is the biggest difference for me. Like, just the the right side of the Leafs' defense core is actually like respectable now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're before with Cody Cece's and Ron Hainsey's and yeah. and oh, all that. Hundred <laughs> percent. We we thought maybe last year when Tyson Berry came to the Leafs that they Tyson, may have found something. I forgot something. about Tyson Berry. I, I erased him from my memory. <laughs> which is fine, which is which is good because I think most Maple Leafs have, or most Maple Leaf fans have done that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 really been uh, an encouraging first ten games, and um, you know we can get into this conversation about Freddie Anderson a little bit more too. The the fact that he's making those timely saves that typically in you know past years were kind of back breaking goals that he was allowing, right? I think, and I wonder if this is the case, and maybe not because, you know, Jack Campbell is only really in his first full season with the team, and you could say that he's never had a backup, but 
Going into the year, he played pretty poorly to start. Now he typically starts off poor. You know, Freddie October is is a scary sight, and and, and it was a scary sight this year in January. But he <laughs> turned things exactly. But he's turned things around quite a bit uh, since then. And it, I don't know if it just is coincidental, but it has kind of lined up with the injury to Jack Campbell since he's turned things around. And since the net has officially 100% became his, I wonder if that's given him the confidence, but also just the fact that he could play with a clear head, knowing that no matter what uh, happens in net, you know, tonight on a nightly basis, it's still going to be his net. He doesn't have someone looking over top of him and he doesn't have him, you know, trying to, to um, make, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? He's just, you know, playing clearer, playing calmer. He knows that it's his net, and he, he, he if he makes a a an error, it's not going to cost him his job. Where early in the season, it seemed like he was just in a forwards term gripping the stick a little too much. I'm trying to think of it for a goalie, like the term you use for a goalie. I, but honestly, I, I would I guess maybe carefree might be the word, but that also doesn't really apply <laughs> i wouldn't say carefree it's close it's something like that though for sure yeah like he's just he's just playing with a lot more confidence right now and he's stopping pucks and it's not even that like if you take a look at and i think um it, there was a, a a deep dive about this today uh, on tsn i think also the athletic wrote about it too saying how yeah the stats aren't that pretty when it when you're looking at at freddie anderson but if you actually watch He's making the timely and the key saves, and he's keeping this team in it, and they're winning games, which is really good to see. And something that, for Anderson, going into a contract year, he's going to need to keep doing going forward if he's going to want to be making some money next year. For sure. All right, I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. And follow Brandon at B underscore Cameron 222. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked on NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked on hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. John Chick of Locked Locked On Rangers is going to join me, and we're going to talk about what's going on out in New York. This Tony D'Angelo situation, this this tire fire, dumpster fire, bleep storm, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of it with John, who's been dis- tracking it and discussing it on his podcast. So we'll get uh, we'll get the four one one of what's going on out in New York with Tony D'Angelo tomorrow. So make sure you tune in. Uh, until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.